This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Kathy Worthington. Today on Late Boomers, we have as our guest, Kevin Palmieri, CEO, founder, and co-host of Next Level University, a global top 100 self-improvement podcast with more than 1,000 episodes, reaching over 600,000 people in more than 125 countries. And I'm Mary Elkins. Kevin has grown his podcast into a multi-six-figure business. He has given nearly 150 speeches And he coaches others about holistic self-improvement and moving into the next level of their lives. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you both for having me. I'm very excited to chat. We had a little fun behind the scenes, so I'm excited Mm -hmm. to to bring that to the forefront as well. Excellent. Good idea. Great to have you. Thank you. Please, Kevin, tell our listeners a little bit about your background and the journey you took to find your current calling. Yeah, so... Much, and I always say this, much like everybody else, we started a podcast with one episode, but long before I was a podcaster, I was just a kid trying to figure out what I wanted to do in the world. Uh, All of my friends went away to college after high school, and I knew that wasn't for me. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that wasn't it. So I job hopped from job to job. I was a gas station attendant for several years. I cleaned hospital bathrooms. I was a forklift driver. I was a truck driver. I was many different things until I landed a very unique opportunity when I was 23, I believe, in the weatherization industry. So weatherization, just think construction. It's the easiest way to think Mm. about it. The beautiful thing about this was I was working for the state. So since I was working for the state on government contracts from the state, I got anywhere from 50 to $120 an hour. So my gosh. Yeah. So somebody with no college degree and that went from making $15 an hour to making, you know, seven times that on certain jobs, that was a pretty good gig for me. So if you looked at me when I was 25, you would have thought this is a very confident human being who is very successful. I had a high paying job. My girlfriend was a model. I had a sports car. I had just done a bodybuilding show, so I was in the best shape of my life, but I was pretty miserable. I was not confident. I had a lot of insecurities and I had a lot of self-doubt and internal battles. I was really struggling. And one day my girlfriend came to me, we lived together in New Hampshire and she said, Kev, I want to move across the country to California where you both are. And I want to chase my (laughs) dreams. And I said, no, I said, here's a list of reasons why that's a bad idea it's just not going to work. You're probably going to fail. I wouldn't do that. As you can imagine, that was the end of that conversation. And she came back to me a couple of weeks later and said, Kev, I'm leaving. Not only am I going to go to California and chase my dreams, but I'm leaving you behind and you are no longer my partner. And that was a very challenging time for me because number one, 
she was right. I wasn't a very good partner at that point in my life. And I'm grateful she did what she did and has accomplished her dream since. I'm very proud of her for that. But it kind of broke me in a way where I assumed nobody would ever want to be with me because I felt like I was broken. I felt that I couldn't have a successful relationship because I didn't really bring that much to the table. So that was my initial motivation and inspiration to get into self-improvement. And I started where a lot of people do. I started with positive affirmations. That was the easiest place for me to start. So every night before I went to bed, I would say, I am talented. I am handsome. I am worthy. I'm intelligent. And this year, I'm going to make the most money I've ever made in my entire life. Kathy, Mary, I really (laughs) leaned on that last one. I leaned on, I will make the most money I've ever made in my entire life. And the beginning of that next year, I got promoted to a foreman at this company. And that basically meant I was on the job from the very beginning to the very end. So I was on the jobs for the longest period of time, but most of our work was on the road. So again, I lived in New Hampshire at the time. Most of our work was in New Jersey, which was anywhere from five to seven hours, depending on where we were working. And that year was absolutely nuts. If we get to the end of that year, I was on the road for 10 months out of the 12 months. Oh, so. Every single week I was staying in crusty hotels, living out of my suitcase, but I was making really good money. And that was my main focus. So I remember I got to the end of the year. I had my final pay stub in my hand. I was standing at my kitchen table because my ex-girlfriend took the chairs. They were her chairs and (laughs) I was never home. So I didn't need new ones. And I slid open my pay stub and I made a hundred thousand dollars at 26 with no college degree. Wow. Very similar, Mary, to what happened with my ex-girlfriend, I realized that that wasn't success. I didn't feel any better. I was still insecure. I was still scared. I was still uncertain of my future. So I did what anybody does. I started a podcast and I realized (laughs) (laughs) for most of my life, I had been living unconsciously. And the opposite of unconscious to me is hyperconscious. So that's the podcast I created, the hyperconscious podcast. And- Almost overnight, I stopped caring about my job and I really wanted to do this podcasting thing. I fell in love with it and it was definitely, it was pulling me out of alignment to go on the road every single week and work. So I started calling out of work. I'd show up to the job late. I'd leave the job early and intuitively I knew I had to go, but I didn't have the courage to do it. I knew I couldn't last there. I was burning the candle on both ends. I was just... I was really beyond burnt out. And it got to the point where I was in a hotel in New Jersey. My alarm clock went off at 5.15 in the morning. I sat up, I slid to the edge of the bed. I was lacing up my work boots. And the best way to explain it is there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time. And every single one was on a different station. Uh, One was saying, you're stuck here forever. One was saying, if you do leave, what will your friends think? You make more money than any of your friends. What will your family think? You make more money than any of your family. And if you do leave, do you really think you can be a successful podcaster? And I did not think that was in the cards for me. And in that moment, I felt like if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. And that was like rock bottoms, basement. There's really nowhere else to go from there. I'm very blessed because I have a wonderful business partner who is also a best friend. And at the time, he was kind of mentoring me. I messaged him. And I said, hey, Alan, I'm really going through it. I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. I'm having these dark thoughts. And Alan said, Kev, 
so much has changed over the last couple of years for you, but your environments have basically remained the same. I think it's time for you to change your environment. And that broke something loose for me. Three or four months later, I left my job and I went full-time into what we're doing today. Now, that's where a lot of people's stories end. The next three years after I left my job were the most challenging three years of my entire life. I was broke. I was $35,000 in credit card debt. Um, there were two years in a row I could not afford Christmas presents or, or birthday presents for my girlfriend, now fiance. And it was unreasonably challenging. So I don't want you to think I left my job and then we got to where we are today. There have been many speed bumps, punches in the face and failures since I left my job. I'm sure. Was it your partner, uh, Alan, who brought you back into the world and changed you or was it something else? I would say what Alan did for me is he gave me permission to, to take a chance on myself. Mm. And I, I think uh -huh. that's what we're all really looking for. A lot of the advice we get is through the filter of scarcity and doubt that somebody else has, right? So if you came to me, both of you, and said, hey, we want to have a successful podcast, what do you think? I would say, yeah, go do it because I believe in myself enough to do that. So I have to believe in you. And it's interesting because one of the biggest pain points for me is I told my girlfriend not to chase her dreams back in the day. And now that's, that's what I do for quite literally for a living. So Alan gave me permission to do something that I really, really, really wanted to do. And I think a lot of us are looking for that permission, but it's very hard to instill belief in somebody when you don't necessarily believe in yourself. So I understand why people doubt other people at a deeper level than I ever have, for sure. What do you think we need to look at when we're striving to improve ourselves? Are, are there a number of aspects we need to address or what are we looking at? I think you need to look at your past. I think oh. oftentimes we look into our future and we say, I'm going to get here, I'm going to go here, I'm going to do this. But what we don't understand is the biggest things holding us back along with many of the things that create the ambition for our future is buried in our past. And I think that when I came up with hyper-conscious, that's what I was trying to do is say, okay, why is this the way it is? Why am I afraid of rejection? Is it because I grew up without a father and my father left when I was young? Is that why? That could be something. Okay. Is it because I'm short and I'm afraid that I'm going to meet a young lady and she's going to call me out on being short? Okay, maybe that's one of the reasons. So I think looking into your past allows you to unlock things in the present that will pay off for you in the future. And many of us are afraid to look in our past because there's a lot of what seems like monsters in those closets. And I understand that very much, but I do believe that's where the, the strength and the strategy for the future come out. Wow, that's mm. great advice. Thank, Thank you. You. But you do have to take that leap. Yeah. When, you, when you look at your own past. Yeah. But one of the things that I think we are guilty of as humans, myself included, is assuming I can outrun it. You can't outrun your past. It might not. You're more than your past, but you are you because of your past to mm -hmm. a degree. And it doesn't mean you can't change it and alter it and improve and, and get new perspective, but you can't outrun it. So yeah, it definitely does take a level of, of courage to turn around and say, all right, let me really look at this. But I would say oftentimes, Kathy, to your point, usually it's pain that creates the necessity for change. Mm. The, the best thing that ever happened to me was sitting on the edge of the bed suicidal. It was also one of the most challenging things, but it gave me the necessity to say, you know what? 
I need to make a change, a big change in a big way in my life. And I think sometimes we run from that necessity or we mask it or we hide it behind vices that we don't want to face. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge for sure. What are some of the other aspects that we need to address in order to improve ourselves? I think this is one that is not popular. So that usually means it's usually one of the most impactful ones. I, our communities, who are you surrounding yourself with on a day-to-day basis? And one of my favorite questions is, are the people in your life the best from your past or the best for your future? That is one of the questions that has shaped my life in such a positive way, because I realized that a lot of my old relationships were based on nostalgia, not ambition. They were based on who I used to be, not who I'm choosing to become. And that helped me unlock parts of me by saying, you know what? I'm not this person anymore. I am this new person. And that has allowed me to attract new people into my life. And we think of, or I think of it this way. Every single day, I track my finances because I want to make sure I'm, I'm making progress in, in wealth. Every single day, I track my weight because I want to make sure I'm making progress in health. But how often do we measure our relationships and say, when's the last time that person poured into my cup? Or when's the last time that person said something nice about the journey I'm on? Our communities are such an important, integral part of our success and our growth in our confidence, that would be a place that I would look at because I think what's, we often think what we have now is what we're going to have forever. And I think we think of that from the relationship aspect as well. So that's an important one to look at. That's very eye opening. Um, (laughs) uh, What about sure is this relates to people who have limited beliefs in Mm -hmm. themselves. How do you overcome that? So, That is one of the places where I have really focused on the last five years. A lot of people think I'm confident. I am just, I've just put in the the reps really. I mean, that's really what, what has helped me. So when it comes to limiting beliefs, I think that we, as, as humans, we assume that our, I'm not sure if I can do that become our impossibilities. So this is the story. This is the example I try to use for this. I was on a call with somebody one time and she said, I want to be a podcaster like you. And I said, awesome. I love that. I said, okay, in order to be a podcaster, we have to get you comfortable with speaking. So I said, on a scale of one to 10, how outside of your comfort zone is it for you to speak to everybody on Facebook right now, everybody on your Facebook friends list? She said, that's a 12 out of 10. I said, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how outside of your comfort zone is it for you to do a speech into your phone and show nobody. And she said, that's probably like a zero. I could do that. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, how outside of your comfort zone is it for you to take a video of yourself doing this speech and send it to me? And she said, that's probably like a five out of 10. I said, good, do that. What a lot of us I think are doing. And again, I'm guilty of everything I talk about is saying, I'm afraid of this. Let me think of the biggest step I can take. And that's where your limiting beliefs really, really, really hold you back because you're not going to go from not being a speaker to speaking in front of a thousand people. You're going to go from not being a speaker to speaking into the mirror, to speaking into your cell phone, to speaking into the phone of somebody that you trust or love or whatever that may be. So I think the number one thing to do when it comes to your limiting beliefs 
is set a very, 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 very small goal that is attainable. And then if you stack those over a long enough period of time, that's how you gain confidence. I think of it from the example of a mountain. When you're at the base of a mountain, you can't see the peak. You can only see the next peak. And then when you get to that peak, you can see the next one. So it's almost like when you're starting, the first peak is, I don't know what to say. All right, cool. Let's create a speech. Okay, now I know what to say. I don't know who to say it to. All right, let's just say it to your cell phone. All right, cool. Let me do that. I don't know if I can listen to myself speak. All right, cool. Let's do that. That's next. And then the next peak might be posting it to to Instagram or trying to find a speech. So you have to look at the first peak. And I think many of us are looking at the final peak. We're looking at the finale before the movie has even gotten started. And most people don't have the confidence to do that. Most people don't have the confidence to jump from never giving a speech to 10,000 people. So I think that we all have our limiting beliefs, but it depends on how often are you trying to knock down the small dominoes to help you get to the top of the mountain. Hmm. Love that. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. Um, let's talk a little bit about your podcast, Next Level University. <laughs> you have a partner in a similar format to the way Mary and I work with a partner, mm-hmm. but my goodness, you guys are doing an episode every day. <laughs> yes. How, yeah. how do you make that happen? How do the two of you coordinate all that? Yeah. Uh, so the, the thing that we've really learned is you got to do them all at once. That is the best way to do it. So Monday we have 9 a.m. until 7 p.m. blocked off. And you can't book me on a podcast. You can't book me on a coaching call. You can't pay me for anything. I am recording episodes. So that is how we do that. And it's interesting. And I'm curious to to know if it's like this for, for the both of you. But Alan is very analytical. Alan went to one of the best tech schools in the world. I am very personable and relatable as a human being. So Alan has his very unique, very valuable strengths. I have my very unique, very valuable strengths. And we try to go and do our thing. So Alan, let's divide and conquer. You go do this. I'll go do this. And that's that's really what has allowed us to build what we have built. But Kathy, to your question, Mondays, you do not get a hold of Kevin. Kevin is in front of this microphone trying to figure out what are the seven episodes we're going to do, do this week and how do we get them all done today? That is the that is the goal. And when do you prepare the material for all the episodes then? So we're at the point now where we've done enough where I can kind of just come up with a story and a topic in like 10 minutes. Mm. And that's really how we base it. It's based on, we know our listeners very, 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 very well. And we've done a lot of research and we've trying or we've been trying to figure out, all right, what are the topics that will add the most value to their lives? So we kind of have a, a bucket of those to pull from. And I try to use stories to, to help those points land. So I'm always trying to think of what is something that I experienced or a client experienced recently that I can share. So my fiance and I had our anniversary. We went out to dinner and I said to the waitress who was wonderful, I said, Hey, would you mind taking a picture for us? And she said, Oh, I wish my boyfriend would ask for pictures. And she laughed about it. And I made a note. I said, interesting. What that's something she came back. And I said, would you mind taking another set of pictures under this lighting? This, this other lighting wasn't too good. She said, absolutely. And she said, I can't believe you're asking like, that's so awesome. I really wish my boyfriend would do that. Oh, another mental note. So we ended up doing an episode on oftentimes the things that you joke about are the things that hurt you the most. And it was based on that one story 
and how that can impact your lives and your life, your life, excuse me, in so many different ways. So it really is the more I'm doing, the better the episodes are. But when I lock myself in the office and do nothing, it's very hard for me to come up with topics because I don't have yeah. a lot of experiences going on in my life. Oh, that's yeah. true. It's so true. Yeah. And I, I have heard many people that podcast many, many episodes and people ask them what their secret is and they say consistency. Yes, 100%. Turn it out, turn it out, turn it out. You can't just sit around and think about no. it. it with, with anything, with anything. It, if I came to your house and I said, there is a million dollars buried in your, your yard somewhere. And I'm not going to tell you where I'm not going to tell you how deep it is. I'm not going to tell you in what section go find it. You wouldn't find it the first day. You wouldn't find it unless you got lucky. You wouldn't find it the second day. You wouldn't find it the third day. It might take you a month. It might take you a year to find that, but the more consistent you are, the more likely you are to find it in a certain amount of time. And I believe that is the way success is set up. And if you show up consistently and you can show up every single day and get a little bit better, you do not have to build the castle in one day. You do not have to. There is the quote, Rome wasn't built in a day. Rome was built every day over the course <laughs> of a long enough period of time. And the companies that we buy things from, the brands that we love, the people who we look up to, most of them have been doing what they're doing for a long, long, long period of time. So the understanding that we're all going to have to delay gratification for a while. And I know we live in a very quick fix time where you can order anything online and they'll ship it to you in a day or an hour, depending on where you live. But your success, your fulfillment, your happiness, your joy, that will take time. It will. And it has to be done consistently with consistency. Almost anything is possible without consistency. Almost nothing is. Yeah. Do you think people can succeed without a struggle? No. Well, this is what I would say. I think you can succeed to the level of your struggles. So you might not want to have the most successful podcast in the world when it comes to self-improvement. You'll have to struggle way less than I did. But I do believe if you, so growth requires conflict. And if you want to grow, there will be some level of struggle. The analogy I use with that is the gym. If you go to the gym and you lift the same weight every day and it's easy, you're not going to grow that much. But if you want to be a little bit stronger, you're going to have to struggle a little bit more. If you want to be a lot stronger, you're going to have to struggle a lot more. So I do believe that the level of your goals dictate the level of the struggles that you will endure. And I don't think there is a way around that. I, I really, really don't. Mm. Uh, that's that's really another eye-opener. Um, and it's true in any business that you go into, mm -hmm. or I'm also a writer, and boy, if I don't write every day, it gets hard. Even when I sit there and nothing happens, and I think, I'm not in the mood. I don't want to do this. Yeah. But you can't get there unless you try to get there every day. Yeah. So what is something you wish you knew earlier? Oh, man. Um, I wish that I understood the power of self-awareness. I wish I knew earlier that admitting your weaknesses is not something that shows that you're weak. It actually shows that you're strong. So I've tried to, over the last few years, become very good at admitting what I'm good at and admitting what I'm bad at. And I wish I knew the importance of that earlier. I think a lot of us, a lot of us hold ourselves back by saying, oh, you know what? I'm really good at this and 
I don't need any help or I'm really good at this and I can do this without any help. Well, how do you assess that? Most people are clueless when it yeah, comes I was, to I was definitely Yeah, I was definitely that way. You have to get around people who are better than you. See, I, I, I was just going to say a lot of people are the opposite of that. They don't think they're good at something. Yeah, it's what I believe true humility is. I think true humility is being able to admit what you're really good at, but also being able to admit what you're not really good at. And I think if you have low self-belief, it's very hard to do both, Kathy. Genuinely, it's uh -huh. very hard to take a compliment, but it's also very hard to say, well, I'm not good at that. Like in, in really, really understand what that means. I think it's, it's important to be around people who you trust because they'll be able to give you constructive feedback. It's hard to self-assess. It's hard because you're dealing with your limiting beliefs and you're dealing with your experiences and you're dealing with what you wish was real and what might not be. You have to have people around you who have your best interests at heart. There are three kinds of people in our lives. There are people who want to see us win. There are people who want to see us lose. And there are people who just don't really care. They're, they're indifferent. If you're around people who want to see you win, ask them for advice. Hey, Kathy, what am I really good at? Well, from my, my, my understanding and my experience with you, you seem to connect with people really well. Okay, what do you see as one of my blind spots? Well, you tell this story all the time that just doesn't land because people don't know what you're talking about. It's like, okay, I can, I can take that. That's when I come across podcasters who are a partnership, I always see an advantage because you can tell each other what you're doing right and you can tell each other what you're doing wrong because you're doing this together. And I think that's a great example for life. There has to be somebody that you can go to and say, hey, what do you see that I don't? What do you see that I don't? Or what am I good at that I don't give myself credit for? Or what am I holding us back in that you see and I don't? Yeah, it's, it's very important. And that just speaks again to the importance of community. Yep. I was I going love to that. bring that up. Community. Back to community. 100%. Yeah, so I important. Love that. I love that advice. Mm -hmm. And how does someone find their purpose? This is a tough one. This is a tough one because I think most of us, we have already done our purpose in some way, shape, or form, but it's buried. And I think of it from this, from this frame. I never wanted to be a podcaster, quote unquote. But when I look back, I used to drive a truck and I used to tell myself, imagine if you could work for four hours a day on the radio and that was your job. Like you just show up and talk into a microphone. That would be pretty cool. Then I reflect a little bit more. And I did a, a Facebook video before Facebook Lives were a thing in 2012. And the title was, Do You Deserve to Be Happy? And in this video, I said, my thesis is, I believe you deserve what you work for. So if you're not working for happiness, you don't deserve it. Interesting. That's something I would talk about today on the podcast. Uh -huh. So when I reflect, I can see these these stars that have aligned to make my purpose and to make my life what it is today. But I don't think we see them until the pain is great enough. I really believe that. And here's one of the questions you can ask yourself for your passion, your purpose, your mission, whatever you choose to, to label it as. What is something that really, really pisses me off that I wish would stop? So if you go out into nature and you see cigarette butts everywhere and soda cans and plastic, Maybe one of your purposes is to make the environment a cleaner place. Maybe what makes you angry, that is your 
subconscious, that is your intuition, that is higher power, whatever you believe in, telling you, hey, you should really be doing something about this because you're disappointed because that is the passion and the purpose inside of you. I think that's one thing. Another question that you can ask yourself is, what is something that I am very passionate about that I don't think gets enough attention? That's another important thing because it'll, again, it'll make you angry that something is not getting the, the attention that it deserves. But I really believe that we have lived our passion some point in our lives, our purpose at some point in our lives. It usually takes something to break it loose and or we have to figure out the vehicle to deliver our purpose with. That's a completely different thing. And I think that's an important distinction. Your purpose is what you want to bring. Your vehicle is how you deliver it to who you want to bring it to. Wow. (laughs) I have never heard it described like that. I have not either. It's great. (laughs) That's wonderful. And I so relate to that. So do I. I have a couple couple things I do that get no attention and nobody ever asked me about. And it can be very frustrating because that just means there's like a little hole in the community there. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. I should know. (laughs) Okay. We'll talk later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, vice versa. Um, So you touched on this really well, but perhaps you can elaborate more on how people become more confident and Mm. find more confidence within themselves and with putting themselves out there. Yeah, I think that we we touched on it, but we can add to that for sure. The power of setting small promises to yourself. That is one way that what I find happens is somebody gets a, a boost of confidence and they say, I'm going to climb this mountain. When realistically, they should make a small promise to themselves that tomorrow I'm going to get up on time. I'm going to get up when my alarm goes off and I'm not going to hit snooze. Something that simple helps you build self-trust. And then it helps you build self-confidence. A lot of people think that the confidence is, I feel like I can do anything at any given time. It's not. It's building up momentum. Confidence is momentum for most people. And it requires you to say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do something different than I did today. Something like that is simple. But then really what I started to do is... I remember one of my biggest fears was rejection. So I found myself feeling momentum. I was on a bunch of dating apps and I was getting good results with people messaging me back. This was back in my mid twenties. And I remember I said, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm going to get a haircut. I'm going to buy some new clothes and I'm going to go to the mall and I'm going to start conversations with, with strangers. I'm going to approach women. That's what I'm going to do because that I had the momentum to be able to do that. And what happened was I would see somebody and say, I should talk to that person. I go, ah, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. But then I kept the promise that I made to myself. And I said, I promised myself when I came here, I was going to do this. Let me do this. And even if I got rejected, the fact that I kept the promise that I made to myself meant more to me than the result. So I always say this to people. I don't care about the result for you. I care about you making the effort that you didn't believe you could. It's not about the result. It's not about the result. I think many of us are not afraid of the result. We're afraid that we can't do the thing in the, in the first place. So I think that's an important thing is two things. One, separate from the outcome. I know it's easier said than done. Two, separate the outcome from your self-worth. If you do badly, it does not mean you are a bad person. 
if you do badly, it does not mean you are not worthy. It just means maybe you're not ready yet. So yeah, the power of small decisions, small getting outside of your comfort zones, like just very small things, they add up over time. And then that helps you change your identity. You go from, I'm the type of person who doesn't do blank to I'm the type of person who does blank. And then you become more confident because that confidence becomes part of who you are and it leaks into your identity. Good advice. Again, thank you. And what would you say is the most powerful advice that you could give to a young entrepreneur? Mm. Oh, man. I would say make sure you have your P's in the right order. So there is a big difference between profit and purpose. I think a lot of people start things for profit. And it's very easy to convince yourself that you're passionate about something when it's paying you. It's very challenging for people to like to pivot that. That's what I was guilty of. I told people I loved my job. I did not love my job. I loved the money. I love the money more than anything. But I think if you can focus on, I mean, imagine these two different lives. One, I go to a job every day that I loathe or I started a company because I want to make money. I'm just going to convince myself that it's my pur- my purpose or my passion versus I started something because I love it so much and it is my passion. I will find a way to make it profitable. I would say that to an early entrepreneur, make sure that you're doing it for the right reason. Make sure you understand why you're doing it and figure out if it's actually what you want to do or what you think you should be doing. That would, that's a bit of advice that I would give. Great advice. Um, you've given us some wonderful takeaways. Mm-hmm. What would you have our listeners have as their takeaway from our conversation today? Mm. The questions you ask yourself are unreasonably important. And the answers you give are more important. What questions are you asking yourself every day? That is such a it's such a different perspective when you say to yourself, what would the best version of me do in this situation? I had a moment the other day, and this is like a hack. So Mel Robbins has the, the 10 second rule or the five second rule, whatever it is, where when you're going to do something scary, you count backwards from five and you pretend there's a bunch of people around you, or it might be 10, 10 seconds, five seconds, whatever it is. I have something I do where I ask myself, what would the best version of Kevin do? So I do the dishes in our household. My fiance hates dishes. And I said, you know what? I hate them less than you, so I'll do them. I was doing the dishes and I I just closed the lever and I was about to turn it on. And I said, I think I have some dishes in my in my office. I should go get them. And I said, ah, it's not that big of a deal. There's like two dishes in there. And I said, what would the best version of Kevin do? And I I literally cannot move forward until I stay in accountability and stay in alignment and integrity with me. So I came and checked and I didn't have any dishes, so it was good. But that one question, every time I throw something in the trash and miss, what would the best version of Kevin do? I know it fell behind there and nobody's ever going to see it, but this isn't about them. It's about you. So it's that simple question. So questions Mm -hmm. can change your life when you answer them correctly. That's what I would say. Woohoo. Love that. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Our guest today on Late Boomers has been Kevin Palmieri, CEO, founder, self-improvement coach, and host of Next Level University, a wildly successful podcast, and I can see why, that reaches over 600,000 people in 125 countries. You can find Kevin at nextleveluniversity.com and on Instagram, LinkedIn, 
Facebook, and YouTube. Kevin, thank you so much. The pleasure was all mine. I appreciate it. I love the dynamic. It's good. It's interesting for me to be on the other side of two podcasters. So you were both wonderful and I appreciate your time very much. That's great. And we want to remind our listeners to please follow us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins. And if you have a contact for someone you'd like to hear about and have us feature on Late Boomers, please drop us a line on our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z. Thanks again, Kevin. Of course, absolutely. for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So, here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.